Welcome to Brave Knitting. Welcome. This is episode 23 to be, to be released on September 1st, 2020. This is Linda, and I'm here today with Anne. Hello, I'm back, I'm back, hello. Yeah, I haven't been with Anne for a while. And so, no. Anne, what are we being brave about today? We are being brave about books. Books, ooh, okay. Books, brave books. And surprisingly, we have a long list. Of, we of, do have a long list. Of ones that we're going to talk about. Right. Yes. I think someone, I think we had asked our listeners what they would like to hear us talk about. And someone had asked us what right. our favorite books were. And so that kind of started us down this path. And um, we started, we haven't really discussed them at all. The only thing we, we know for sure is that we had two of them in common. And the two that we had in common, we will do it here at the beginning and kind of, you know, each of us give kind of our um, quick review about them. Um, the first book is The Big Book of Knitting by Katharina Bus. Katharina Bus is a German knitter. And this book was originally released in German as Das Große Ravensburger Strickbuch. Ooh, was, I'm um, impressed with that German thank there. You. <laughs> uh, high school and college. Ooh. Thank you very much. Yes. And, um, <laughs> but our German listeners will probably argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was translated into English in 1996. And I have the 2001 paperback uh, version of this. Um, you know, uh, I think that the translation is very good. I, I have seen no no issues, you know, nothing that made me realize until I looked into Katarina Boos, um, you know, what uh, that it had been in another language originally. Um, it is for beginners as well as seasoned knitters. There's really something for everyone in this. And it kind of is just like a reference book for all things knitting. Um, she goes all the way from, you know, the, the basic techniques with step-by-step -step explanations how to do them to all these, you know, details that you can choose for, um, you know, like from stitch patterns to bands and facings for a sweater, collars, buttonholes, zippers, you name it, it's there. And she also has uh, detailed chapters on like finishing and special techniques and decorative details. Um, also lots of practical tips and basic patterns and stitch patterns. You know, what I really like about this book is that it's very colorful. It's very, um, very good photography. I especially think that I would use it um, to, like, if I ever was designing something or, or thought of, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to kind of come up with something on my own. What do I want, want it to look like? What what stitch pattern would I like to do? I mean, the pictures are just so beautiful, you know, on a, on a sweater, maybe I don't like the, the collar that's, that the uh, designer had put on. Well, what else could I do? You know, you can look through this and see really clear pictures of, of what can be done and what they're called and, and find the patterns for it. Um, I feel like it has um, a great index. It's easy to find anything that you need in this book and they're great tips. It's just a really great overall reference book. Um, to me, the cons were um, always, and I'll always say this, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good at um, instructions for knitting. I'm not good at, at illustrations for knitting, or uh, I don't learn very well with that. Um, and I'll probably say that a million times. But um, so that would be one. Uh, but also not that there are many patterns. There are only seven sweaters, um, a sock, a glove, and a mitten as patterns. And a warning, I mean, this came out in the mid-90s. So the sweaters in the book are a tad bit boxy and a tad bit, you know, think 1995, <laughs> what you were wearing back then. So, um, you know, that would be, I guess, a con. 
Um, also, I you know, there's not really any info. I couldn't find anything on the author. Maybe it's just because she's German. And, you know, there's not a lot of personality to the book. I kind of like books that have a little personality that you kind of see into the, the author a little bit. But that could just be because it was translated from German into English. Right. Um, yeah. And so it's it's a little bit dry. But, you know, it's, it's a very, I mean, it's a very solid reference book. What do you think of it? Okay. So we, we definitely had different takes on it. Okay. I, I have never really loved this book. Okay. And as you know, in, in the master's program, both in level one and level two, you have to provide two sources for every swatch you do and every question you answer. So that means, you know, I'm going through lots and lots of books. And right. to me, the true test of how good this book is was how few times I actually referenced it in any of my master's stuff. And I agree with you, I think there is really good information in it, but to me it, it doesn't, it just never really kind of resonated with me. And, and I didn't realize that it was translated from German until yesterday when I was going through and digging a little deeper. And I kind of thought, you know, that may, that may explain part of it, even though I think the translation right. is fine, but it may explain why there is that sort of lack of personality as you describe it. Mm -hmm. The other issue I have with it is visually, I think it's challenging. It's not an inviting visual experience, that the print is very small. And visually, there is a lot of stuff on the page making there it is. hard to focus. And as someone who's right. done a lot of graphic design work in the last few years, you know, I really appreciate that need for white space and, and just not right. overloading your, your, your page. And I agree with you that I thought the illustrations and photographs were good, but once again, the page layout was a bit overwhelming and took away from that. Mm -hmm. uh, Very good point, yeah. I found there, there was a section on pockets, and I found that the pocket directions were very confusing, and the instructions seemed to me to assume too much. Mm -hmm. There, there was an, an index, but I did not think the index was as comprehensive as it should be. Okay. And the, the seeming section was another area that really left a lot to be desired, where the photos just weren't, weren't detailed enough. Like if I was trying to learn mattress stitch from the, that book, forget mm -hmm. it. I'd never be able to figure it out. Also, another example, so I had like several examples of where I just think it fell short um, in some of the technique stuff. In the increase section, it doesn't mention a knit into the front and the back of the stitch. Okay. Now, maybe that's just something they don't do in Germany. I don't know. That's true. But that's I found true. that very odd. And then mm -hmm. I found her gauge explanation just way too brief. Okay. And, you know, I could go on and on with examples like that. So, so overall... Like I say, I, I use it occasionally, particularly when I want to need like a second opinion about something, but it is definitely not my go-to. Okay, good to know. Very, very good. All right, moving on. The second book that we have in common is The Knitting Answer Book by Margaret Radcliffe. And I have the second edition, which is completely revised and updated in 2015. The first edition came out in 2005. And the reason that she uh, put out a new edition 10 years later is that she just felt that things had changed in the knitting world that much. And um, like it includes Magic Loop and things like that that weren't in the first I'm, edition. I'm looking up what, what edition I have. 
Oh, okay, great. Oh, I have the I have the old edition. You have the old edition. Okay. Well, this is what the new edition. All looks right. Like. Okay. <laughs> we can see we can see each other. You can't see us. <laughs> all right. Um, so anyway, uh, it's for all levels of knitters. What um, you know, she says that there's no right way to do anything. She tries to give um, lots of options so you can discover your own right way to knit. Um, going through, I mean, I think she covers. A lot. I mean, probably most everything. I, I felt kind of proud of us because going through, I, I felt like it was kind of like looking back on a year of brave knitting. Oh, right. All of our topics, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's there are a lot of topics in there. I, I it's it's small in size. I mean, it, it's chunky, but it's small, um, you know, in stature. And I think that it would fit easily into most knitting totes, most of my knitting totes. So you could kind of keep it with you right. um, for reference, which is, is good. Um, I liked that it was set up in kind of a question and answer format under each heading. And, um, you know, you probably could find the the question that's running through your head, you know, like one of them was, I can't even see the stitches in this yarn. How can I count stitches in rows? You know, so it kind of is, I, I think it was really based on, you know, she she's done this for a long time and she's heard all the questions and had the questions herself. herself. So um, I liked that. I liked that they had, she has interesting tidbits of info. Um, like I, I don't think I knew this. Like the buttons on children's garments, that the boys it's supposed to be on the right, and on the for the girls it's supposed to be on the left. And that the reason for that is a long time ago they figured that men would dress themselves and women would be dressed by maids. That's what it was based <laughs> on. I'm like, I, I, oh well, gee, I, that's not my world. Yeah, no, I, I knew that you know seen. men's shirts button in a different direction than women's, yeah. but I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. that was the reason. That's that's fun. Yeah. That's kind of fun. And so there are some fun tips in there. Um, the cons for me were um, probably it's just not very colorful. There's um, it's just kind of a lavenderish purple, black and white and <laughs> illustrations. And then there's just, you know, it's really there's just the picture on the on the on the cover. Right. Um, yeah, there's so no it's photos. Inviting. It's, it's just all illustrations. Yeah, yeah it's just illustrations and, and instructions, which I will say again, I, I just uh, I, I know myself, I, I don't do well with instructions and illustrations. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a good solid, you know, reference book. I would definitely put it in my knitting bag right? Um, to have with me. I, how, how about you? I, what do you think? I agree. And I don't know if you remember this because I barely remembered it, but we talked about at length, we talked about, or I talked about uh, Margaret Radcliffe in episode 10, which was on circular knitting. We talked about um, oh. several books. I kind of, I think she was my rave that episode. Right. And I right. talked about several work books that, of hers that I have. And I do like her as an author. I do think that, that there's something about her voice that, that does have some personality that, yeah. that kind of makes knitting a, a little more a little fun. fun. Yeah. Right. And I like the book too, for the, for the same reasons that, that you mentioned, it's nice and small. It is something that I can easily tuck into a, a knitting bag. It does have a very good index, which I like. And I found that I use this book surprisingly because it isn't a, like a traditional knitting reference book because of this kind of mm -hmm. answer format. Uh, question right. and answer format. I, I did use it a considerable amount in both level one and level two for as a source for some of my answers and, and swatches. And I found that it was adequate for figuring out most basic things. <clears throat> I thought the illustrations were were pretty good compared to some other books. 
so that I would I would challenge you to to look at and and I did this in a couple of different books that we're talking about today. I just right, yeah. pretended like I didn't know how to knit right. and I got a, a needle and, and or needles and yarn and I tried to just mm-hmm. do what it told me to to you know to kind of see if that was a test. And I I think the illustrations here are in general pretty good. And right. I think it's kind of fun to just just sit down and read this book even when you're not looking up a technique or something to just go and read this book uh, uh, and because some of the questions and answers are just fun. So I think overall, right, exactly. I would I would give it a B. To me, it is not a must-have, but it is mm-hmm. definitely worth the twelve dollars. <laughs> okay, awesome, very very good. So you have more knitting books than I do. You have more general knitting books because of being part of that master's knitting program right, and right. To, needing that. So you had some more, right? Yes, that I you wanted to go through. I have three that I I would call my trifecta of must-haves. Okay. And the first is the Vogue knitting book. Oh, wait, I got to reach here and reach it. Sorry. (laughs) It is okay. Okay, sorry. I had to reach and my headphones came off. Um, It is the Vogue knitting, the ultimate knitting book by the editors of Vogue knitting magazine. And I have the 2018 edition. And... There is a, an older edition. I have heard on various message boards and Facebook groups or whatever, people say that you really need the 2018 edition, that the previous edition is not that great. Oh. I, I can't vouch for that. I don't know what the reasoning is, but I have the 2018. And I have to say it is probably my most used really? book that I think that... If I was recommending a book to a knitter, this would be the one I would recommend. I think it is, it is nicely organized. There's a good table of contexts and a very good index. The printing is also small at, at times, but the organization and the visualness kind of helped so that that to me wasn't too big of a, a drawback. Okay. Uh, I know a few months ago, because I was recommending that Pat get this book, and she was not able to get it because I guess it was out of, just out of stock a lot of places. And I know it is now back in stock at Amazon for $31. It's a $40 retail book. I think if you get it, I got the Vogue knitting site. Um, As for the how-tos, I think the illustrations are are okay. some don't make sense all the time, mm-hmm. but I think the written instructions are excellent. Really? Yes. And okay. so a lot of times I'll just, you know, what, what, what B always, always says is like, just do what it says, just do what it says. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think in that case, it's good. Um, I think the, one of the things I really like it is that cause I think it is very comprehensive that it does show several different ways of doing various techniques. And then I think there's kind of of an interesting uh, feature that throughout the book there are these little blocks called technique or tip tabs. And they're they're throughout the book and they always just have some great tip or, you know, kind of a helpful hint about how to do something. Great. So there's good basic information 
I think it has a very comprehensive um, finishing, it, you know, lots and lots of finishing stuff. Um, it provides the basics for a lot of advanced techniques such as brioche, mitering, interlock. And there's also a really, really good explanation on gauge. And oh. then there's a chapter that I highly recommend that I just discovered recently called Understanding Instructions. So there's a whole section <laughs> at the back about understanding instructions. So for somebody Very who is good. new to knitting and new to you know reading patterns, um, I think that it's really handy. And I was not aware of that chapter just okay. because I never went looking for it. So I think if I were going, if I were a, a professor of knitting, and I was going to teach a class on knitting, this would be my textbook. Oh, very good to know. Okay. Okay. So the twenty-eight. The the second of my trifecta is a book called Cast On, Bind Off, by Leslie Ann Bestor, B-E-S-T-O-R. It was published in. 2012. So it's cast on, bind off, 54 step-by-step -step methods. It is another kind of small spiral bound book. It has great, great photographs with minute step-by-step close-up photos of how to do each of these cast on and bind offs. So okay. I just find it just sort of, you know, the best in terms of figuring out how to do a cast on or a bind off. There are some good tips in the beginning. Um, I don't, and I, I can't read my notes here about what I said. Okay, so that's really good. And <laughs> the um, it's divided into chapters. So there are um, like on the cast. There's the cast on section has nine chapters. And those would be basic, circular, provision, stretchy, double-sided, tubular, decorative, multicolor, and Mobius. And under, Mobius. under each of those chapters, there's anywhere from one to nine techniques. So, oh, wow. So, for example, for the basic cast-on, they show you nine. For the tubular cast-ons, they show you four. And, Great. And once again, you know, very, very good minute, you know, what I find a lot of times with, with books, um, the, when they're showing photos or illustrations, they, you know, it's like if you were showing a film, like they don't stop the film long, you know, frequently enough. This one really right. does a great job of that. Okay. So there are a total of 31 cast-ons, um, same thing in the bind-off area. The bind-off, there are four chapters, basic, decorative, stretchy, and sewn, and hmm. there are a total of 21 bind-offs. So to me, awesome. that is a definite must-have. It sounds like it. And Very good. so there's kind of like a sister book to this cast-on bind-off that they, they look identical. They they don't have the same author, but they are public. They're both published in 2012 by Story Publishing. The second one is called Increase Decrease by Judith Durant, and this is a book that I like so much that is it is one of the ones in level two of the masters. I had to do four book reviews. Uh, pretty detailed book reviews, and this is one of the ones I chose to do that because I really think it is just excellent. It, it's excellent in a lot of the same way that the cast on bind off one is because mm -hmm. the photographs are really good. <clears throat> they show you sort of minute steps on how to do right. these various um, increases and decreases. 
I love the way they, they show you how these increases and decreases look, you know, in a knitted fabric. And once right. again, the, the photographs are just excellent. And there's a really, really great, one of the things I loved about this is a great introduction by the author about her own mishaps when doing increases and decreases. Oh, yeah. And so it, you know, it kind of reminds you that, and, and she was, you know, a pretty established knitter, but kind of admitting that there were just things that she didn't know. And so, you know, we all go through that. Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah. And it, it is organized into three parts, the um, increases, decreases, and then there's um, a chapter called Combinations and Special Circumstances. And that is a chapter that I kind of overlooked for a long time, just because I would always use it as a reference on the increase or decrease. But when I went back and, and read that, um, section, I, I was I was really just amazed at what good information was in that that last chapter that I assume probably a lot of people overlook. So I encourage you to get that book and read that last chapter about um, combinations and special circumstances because I think there's just some some really good information there that could be overlooked. Very good. Okay. I'm writing those down. I'm going to go and go and get those for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So those are kind of the general knowledge books that we're talking about today. And now we're going to kind of go into expanded knowledge, just other um, kind of beyond the, the, the general uh, knitting book. And I'm going to start with one called the Fleece and Fiber Sourcebook, More Than 200 Fibers from Animal to Spun Yarn by Deborah Robeson and Carol Acarius. Um, Deborah is an owner of Nomad Press, when, which specializes in publishing books on ethnic knitting and spinning, whereas Carol um, has written books on raising sheep and livestock farming. So she kind of comes from it to it from that uh, side. But they both have been fiber enthusiasts, enthusiasts who've um, knitted and crocheted since childhood, and they spin and weave, and they you can just tell the passion that they have for the subject throughout. It was published in 2011, and they, there's just a little part of the preface that really kind of summed it up for me. It said, if you have ever run your hand over a fleece and sighed, picked up a ball of yarn and groaned with pleasure, run your hand along the light and breezy swath of a fine jersey woolen fabric and felt a tinkle run down your spine, or worn a favorite wool jacket season after season, then you are a person who may just lose yourself in the pages that follow. And I think that that kind of sums it up. They break it into two parts. We have the sheep part, which is every, that's broken down into the families of sheep. So it goes every all the way from like black-faced mountain family, which includes the Swaledale, to the Merino family, which includes the Rambouillet, to other breeds like Corydale, every type of sheep. And then the second part is other species, uh, which are goats, goat crosses, camelids, bison, dogs, cats, oh, rabbits. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So um, every type of fiber you can imagine. And uh, just the pros of this book and just what it's all about. I. I it has just for every breed, for every type of fiber, just the most beautiful pictures. It's beautifully and passionately written um, about everything. There are maps showing where those particular breeds and animals uh, live in the world. Um, and there's uh, info on the, for every fiber, the fleece weight, the staple length, the fiber diameter, the lock characteristics, the natural colors of that fiber. And then they also show a picture of raw fleece, clean fleece, uh, 
yarn spun from that fleece and then um, a swatch knitted in it, which is interesting. And then it goes into what this particular fiber would be best used for and tips for spinning and dyeing and, and weaving and all sorts of things. It's just it's just a wonderful, wonderful book. Wow. And, you know, to, to choose you know, what kind of wool you need for a project or just, I mean, if you love animals, I think it's just an amazing, amazing book. If you love this entire subject, if you love yarn, right. the smell of yarn, you know, how people always breathe in deeply or, you know, just holding it. Yeah, this I think that this is a beautiful, beautiful book. No, that's really interesting because I, it's something that I've become, I think, more interested in in the last year. And I mm -hmm. just feel like I need to be more educated about, you know, like yeah. we, we talked before way back in like episode two, three, four, whatever, um, about the Clara Parks book, the, the Knitter's Book of Fiber, I think, or Knitter's Book of right. Yarn, one of those. Um, mm -hmm. So this sounds a little similar, but um, I I'm definitely have to put this one on my list. Yeah, I think, I think it's a wonderful book. I highly recommend it. So how about you? What is your next book? All right, my next book is, uh, unfortunately, I have like a kind of a sad story to go with this book, but... Oh, no. Um, okay, we all know I'm not a not much of a sock knitter, but I'm still intrigued by socks. And, you know, of course, our friend Pat, um, super sock knitter, and is always encouraging me. But I have this book called New Pathways for Sock Knitters by Kat Bordy. And it was published in 2007. And I'm familiar with Kat Bordy because I've heard other knitters talk about her as a knitting teacher and what a wonderful knitting teacher she was. And so yesterday, as I was doing a little research for this, Book, for this podcast, I went to her website and was a little intrigued by some workshops that she she does. She lives on um, outside of Seattle, and she does some some retreats there. And I thought, oh, this is really great. And I, I it's funny this this book a few months ago, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, when I got the book, I thought, oh, Pat has to have this book. Pat has to have this book. And I had told Pat about it. So Pat owns this book also. And Pat and I happened to talk on the telephone yesterday. And I was telling her, oh, yeah, Ann and I are doing a podcast about books. And I'm going to talk about the Cat Bordy one and blah, blah, blah. And then we got to talking about the retreat on the site. And so later that day, Pat texts me. Because she's like, oh, I need to go check out that retreat. Maybe, you know, if the pandemic ever goes away, you know, that's right. something we can consider. Pat texted me later. She said, did you see on Kat Bordy's website that she's dying? Oh, no. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no, I missed that. So I went back and I looked. And, yes, indeed, she apparently she has cancer. Oh, no. And she's there. I guess her, her daughter and grandson are with her. And... You know, she seems very at peace. There is, uh, if you go to her website, there is a an email address where you can um, send emails. I guess she's enjoying hearing from, from fans and other knitters and just people who are wish, wishing her well. So I, I intend okay. to do that. But anyway, this book is New Pathways for Sock Knitters. And it is, it's just full of these eight new types of sock architecture is the best way to describe it. And these socks just don't look like anything you and I have ever knitted or attempted to knit. So it's just great fun. She talks about how how it came to be, you know, how she sort of discovered this by accident. And, and yeah, it's just basically the, just the, the whole structure of the sock is just very unique. And 
Now, the bad thing about this book is that it's out of print. Oh. And the good news is you can find used copies. Currently on Amazon, the cheapest used co- copy is, is going for $29. Uh, back in okay. April, I bought one for $11. And I know a few... How long ago did, how long ago did it come out? 2007. The original. 2007. Okay. I missed it. And, um, yeah, Pat, I know when I... I, I made Pat buy it, as she says, um, but she, she loves this book. She actually hasn't knitted a pair of socks yet because um, she has another pair of socks that she's finishing. She goes, but it's, she's definitely, her next pair of socks is out of this book. <coughs> um, Pat also found a, a copy for, for, for pretty cheap. Um, okay. in, the, in the first chapter, Kat tells you um, to read thoroughly the chapter, and then there are instructions of doing a, a baby sock. So you kind of get the hang of this sort of new design for, um, for socks, and anyway, it, it really That's makes a great it, idea. It, Start small. Yeah, it makes me it makes me want to be a sock knitter. So, oh, that's awesome. I will definitely my my next sock will definitely be from this book. So, Cat Bordy, okay. new pathways for sock knitters. Yes, and some prayers for and her some as well. prayers for 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 Cat. Yeah. Yes, and her family. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Uh, my next one is the Vogue Knitting Stitchinary Volume One Knit and Pearl, which was um, which came out in two thousand and five. It's every stitch based on knit and pearl and some yarn overs, etc. Divided into four chapters: knit and pearl, lace, traveling, and unusual. Each chapter goes from the easiest stitch to the most difficult stitch. And for each and every uh, stitch, there's a beautiful, clear, beautiful photo of a swatch of that stitch. And um, this is the one that I, I I think that this is a very, a great book. Like if you were going to, you know, design something and you wanted to, you know, what what, what stitch do I want to do? What do I want it to look like? going through this is so much fun, you know, to see all these different stitch patterns that are possible. Um, and there, are, there seem to be very, very clear um, instructions, but I do believe that this is the one that I did try to follow the instruction, you know, on something that I knew how to do. Yarn overs, that's, yep, yeah, I found it. Um, at, the, at the back of the book, they have a lot of, you know, little illustrations and descriptions, like of how to do a yarn over, and I know how to do a yarn over. And so I, I was just going to try to follow what they were saying, and I was like, uh, yeah, no, that, um, that did not work for me. So, but that's just me. I mean, you know, some people are, are able to read an instruction and look at an illustration, and it makes total sense to them. It's probably just me. But, I mean, I think it's a beautiful book, and I think that it could be very, very um, beneficial, especially, like I say, if you were designing something and trying to come up with a stitch that you want to use. Right. I think, I think having a good stitch dictionary is, is you know, another must. And yeah. it, it's, it's funny. I, well, I do know, I now own the Alternates um, stitch dictionary that I, I've talked about, you know, my new my new girl crush is uh, Andrea Wrangle, who I've talked about on the podcast, I guess, oh, I don't know, the, the sweater podcast and the, the color work podcast and the steaking podcast. And I, I do have that, but it's not a real traditional stitch dictionary. I have two stitch dictionaries checked out from the library right now. Okay. And I think I'll probably check out this Vogue one also. 
to see yeah. which one I really want to purchase. And, and I, that's one thing I would really recommend to people and something that I did, particularly gearing up for all the resources I needed for the masters, is I, in most cases, I checked out of the library a book before I purchased it, particularly if it had Smart. a big, if it had a high price tag. The, mm -hmm. the good news is, is now on, on Amazon, you can, you can get, you know, a secondhand book really cheap sometimes. So a lot of times if, right. it, if I could get a book for, you know, seven or eight bucks, I would just right. order it. But in a lot of cases, um, and I'll talk about some later on, I, I first, well, I guess the book, the book I'm getting ready to talk about, I checked out of the library mm -hmm. first before I, I purchased it. And it is called Knitting America by Susan Strawn. Not to be confused with Knitting in America by Melanie Falick. Okay. And Melanie Falick does give a foreword in this Knitting America book to make it a even little, more little confusing. confusing. <laughs> so, and while it, it is not a comprehensive book about knitting in the United States, it is full of, you know, lots of stories and anecdotes. So it's not a traditional, like, how-to book. It's really kind of understanding the, the craft of knitting. There's a very well-known book by Richard Rutt that is sort of the Bible on knitting history. But he, but he basically doesn't talk, he's British, and he doesn't talk about knitting in the United States. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this yeah. book kind of, this book was created because of Richard Rutt's lack of American knitting in, in his big text. But it it just it's so it's part history lesson, it's part entertainment, and it's really an homage to the craft, and kind of taking it beyond the trivialized stereotype that knitting sometimes gets. And it, it's just really fun, you know. Like there are just things about knitting, particularly related to, uh, you know, like in, in as we're in an election year this year, and there's all this political mm -hmm. stuff, and we have a lot of right. you know civil unrest and stuff. You know how knitting has been used in politics and in social justice in the past, and as part of the war effort in both yeah. World War One and Two. So, just just very interesting and just kind of a, a fun um, book to have on your shelf. Very neat. Very cool. Okay, my next one is "Getting Started Knitting Socks" by Ann Bud, and it came out in two thousand and seven. Anne Budd is the editor of Interweave Books, and she's written many knitting books, and she teaches knitting classes and knitting retreats, and she also writes a knitting blog. And I think that this has, um, this is my only sock book, but I, th I think it just has every uh, everything that you probably need. It starts out telling you the materials that you're going to have to have, and it, it goes through all the sock basics from casting on to the cuff leg, heel flap, heel turn, gussets, foot, toe, finishing. Then it has basic instructions for each weight of yarn for every foot size. So all the way from super fine to chunky, from a child's sock all the way to a men's 10 through 13, women's 11 through 14. Wow. So you you buy this book and you have a pattern for basically a sock for almost every, you know, every person you want to knit for if you want to just a vanilla sock. And then she also has uh, patterns in there for you know, all sorts of stripes, uh, Fibonacci stripes, spiral, magic ball socks, rib patterns, cable patterns, herringbone, lace patterns. She also does some cuff and leg variations in it, like pico anklets and ruffle cuff anklets and knee socks, that sort of thing. Um, it's just, it has beautiful pictures. Um, 
the patterns include um, written instructions, in some cases charts, and very clear pictures of patterns watches, you know, so you can see, um, you know, like maybe what your um, a cable pattern is going to look like. And, and uh, I just, to me, um, I think that this makes me want to try knitting socks. I feel like I can do that with this book that I pretty much have everything that I need, maybe except the... Um, the yarn and the, I think I, I might even have the yarn and the, and the needles. Yeah, so it kind of made me uh, excited to to think about you know trying this out. So um, I I think it's a great book and I highly recommend this one. Okay, sounds good. Okay, go ahead. And my third one in the sort of knowledge and technique category is called The Joy of Color by, and I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name by Janine. Bajus or Bayhus, it's B-A-J-U-S. So I don't know if it's a traditional J sound in Bejus. English or, you know, yeah. like in a Spanish language where it's a Y sound. Right. It's, it's another book that I did a review for for the um, Master Knitting Level 2. And while joy is in the word of the title, I would describe this book as fun. Oh, good. It has a really great introduction. And, you know, once again, you kind of see the, you, you get a flavor for the, the author and, and the humor that yeah. she has and how she, you know, maybe doesn't take herself too seriously. And she is truly Fine. a brave knitter. Visually, the book is very good. The, 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 the fonts and there's sort of like a whimsicalness to the graphic design. And so it kind of sends this message as you're reading it that this is this is work, this isn't, or this is play, this is not right. work. And obviously, you know, from the from the title, color is the focus. And and it's really um, Janine teaches workshops on creating fair isle design sweater. So I guess if you go to her one of her workshops that she's been doing for many years, you are creating your own Fair Isle design sweater. So okay. so that's what this book is, is based on. And one of the interesting parts of the book is that there there's this section, there are these sections called, um, oh, what are they called? Projects. And where you get to see and hear from her former students so it shows photographs, and then they kind of tell their story about how their particular design evolved and, and all that. So I think it's a great resource for Fair Isle, but I also think it has some really good information on understanding color in general. It, this book is described as kind of like, like, you know, your guide to designing your own Fair Isle sweater. And while I think it gets you well on the way in that regard, I think you probably may need more than just this book if you're really trying to design um, Fair Isle. It, it is kind of a, pr a pricey uh, price tag. It's $40, but I, I, you know, I really enjoy it. And I think if you really have a sincere interest in learning more about color and you are interested in Fair Isle in particular, it's, it's worth the investment. Awesome. Sounds great. Okay, are we moving into the fun books? No, yes, fun. 
Fun, fun, fun books. Okay. Well, my first one, my fun book, this was a present to me from Linda ah. for Christmas a couple of years ago. It's Favorite Designs by Arnie and Carlos. <laughs> and most people know who Arnie and Carlos is, are, oh. but um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, forget, forget what I'm saying. Um, they're a Norwegian design team, and this book was originally um published in Norwegian, but it was translated into English in 2018. This particular book is kind of their greatest hits and new inspirations. Um, there are some faves from their past books, and then they do have some new designs as well. But anyone who has seen their work just knows that it is um, the Nordic kind of handcraft, traditional um, type of stuff. It's just darling. And, and it's always so fun. <laughs> it was always fun, yes. It's always whimsical and fun. And it, it kind of always brings to mind that Danish word for uh, cozy, huga, or, uh, <laughs> or the German word gemütlich. Um, it's just a very cozy book. You think of winter. Um, they have all sorts of things, like um, just darling felted slippers, knitted teddy bears, knitted dolls, knitted Easter eggs, knitted Christmas balls. Um, Christmas, Halloween, Easter, um, I think, I don't know if I saw Valentine's Day, um, knitted birds, knitted bunnies. There's a darling tea cozy, um, with a European robin on top that is just darling. There's some crochet, uh, lots of knitting. Um, there's a scarf, there's a cardigan. It's just, the, the photographs are beautiful and it's just so much fun to look through and you get all 85 patterns. Oh wow. You know, in this book, there are 70 patterns from other books, but then 15 brand new uh, patterns for new designs. And um, just darling, so much fun to look through and it's so inspirational. And the one thing that I really want to, to knit one of these days is Magnus the Garden Mouse on a Christmas ball. Okay. <laughs> it's really, it's really darling. If I had any con for the book at all, which is not really a con at all, um, most patterns are going to be intermediate to difficult. I think I saw one that said easy. I mean, there's a lot of color work. There's a lot of, you know, a little small fiddly stuff, right, but right. very worth it. Um, you know, so that's about the only thing, but you know, I mean, we're all brave knitters and we all are trying new things and getting better all the time. Exactly. So. Yes. So go for it. It's a darling book. All right, fun. Okay, what's your fun book? My fun book, my first one is called My Knitted Doll, and it is by Louise Crowther, C-R-O-W-T-H-E-R. -E Louise is also a, a, she's a, she's a British knitter, and I saw these dolls, and I just thought they were adorable. Here, I'll, I'll show them to Anne. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. They are adorable. Yes. Anne and, Anne and I are FaceTime. You know, we're still in the we pandemic are. here. We're, we're still FaceTime um, right. podcasting. But these dolls have kind of like long, skinny legs. And then there are, there's, there's 12 different doll designs and then 50 garments and accessories. So like sweaters, oh, sweaters and hats and purses and headbands and, and shoes and just, just so cute and fun. Oh, how fun. The photography, see, look at this one. The photography is really <laughs> beautiful. Wish you guys could see this because yeah. it's adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> a little bunny dress. A little bunny dress. Yeah, they're, but they're all just really sweet. And I have not made anything. I forget when I got this book a few months ago. I have not made anything yet, but 
certainly my they're a little bit yeah my, like the bunnies that you made like yeah, the bunny, yeah you've like, done something like that so my, my two little grand nieces they they probably have um, a my knitted doll coming soon um <laughs> but yeah lucky girls beautiful photography the um the recommended yarn for all of these projects is 100 percent cotton fingering okay Ooh. yeah and Oh, and the author also has another book for those of you that are animal lovers and, you know, may not have a need for little dolls. She also has a similar book called Knitted Animal Friends. Oh. And so there's like foxes and dogs and bears and so all these animals, but they all have a lot of clothes and accessories as well. Oh, how cute. So, so very cute. So like, I haven't, I haven't made anything yet, but I, I am definitely going to be knitting up some my knitted dolls that sounds wonderful i love it all right my next book fun book was also from linda this was a birthday present for me a few years ago it is 40 iconic hand knit designs by rowan uh it's just the you know the best of the rowan knitting and crow yeah sorry rowan knitting and crochet magazine from the 80s through today Um, and you know why i bought that for you because at the time you were so into fruity knitting. Yes, and she was knitting. She some always Kim Hargraves yes. and all those Rowan designers. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this book is just amazing, and they have all the pictures of all the uh, photographs of all of the um, magazine covers through all of those years, and then they have a total of forty patterns, incredible patterns. Twenty of them are classic patterns that were chosen um, and they're just printed as they were with the you know those pictures and then there are 20 that they have kind of restyled reused oh, more interesting up-to-date colors yeah and re-photographed and it's so fun to see the original design from way back when and then to see how they restyled and re-photographed them and, and used new colors just beautiful and there are just so many things in here I would love to knit I mean they are absolutely gorgeous um Carlotta by Kim Hargraves and, and there's a designer named Kof or Cafe Facet there are just a, a couple of things in there that are just darling it's just a gorgeous book gorgeous photography 40 top-notch patterns and uh the cons I guess if there are any I don't think that there really are but I, you know I'm sure that they are they are all very advanced and I guarantee they are not cheap to make I mean if you had to buy one of those it would be you know, oh, right um oh boy so uh but yeah, something to dream about and just so fun to peruse. Be brave. <laughs> oh, yes. And then also also one con would be from the original patterns. Uh, you know, they did mention that some of those old patterns that are kind of printed as were, obviously a lot of that yarn would not still be available um, in their Roman yarn. Oh, right. Uh, so you would have to go out and find. But there's probably a good own. substitute. But that's kind of yeah. fun. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, my next fun book is actually a series of books called, um, they're, they're books about <clears throat> tea cozies <clears throat> by, and I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. It's either Lo- Loani or Loni Pryor. It's, her first name is L-O-A-N-I. <clears throat> hmm. So if I was in Hawaii, I would probably say, say Loani. Loani. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think she's in England, so maybe it's just hmm. Loni. I don't know. Could be. But anyway, these books, I, I first saw these books probably 10 or 12 years ago and was just mesmerized. Her, the first book was published in 2008, 
it is out of print and it's called Wild Tea Cozies. And it was followed in 2010 by a book called Really Wild Tea Cozies. <laughs> then in 2013, she had a book that, that won an award for having like a, something like the most unusual title or something. <laughs> but the, the 2013 book was called How Tea Cozies Changed the World. Hmm. And then in 2015, there was a book, um, Pretty Funny Tea Cozies. So Pretty Funny Tea Cozies is out of print, even though it's the most recent one. It's out of print and used as going for $95 on Amazon. Whoa. Whoa. But I think it is also available on Kindle for like 8 or $9. Oh, the other, the, the Really Wild and I think How Tea Cozies Changed the World, I think they are very, very well. They... I have made, I've made two, I know I've made at least two. I may have made three tea cozies from these. They are just wild. They, like the one I made, um, <laughs> I think that, that that you posted on our Instagram at one point was like the Carmen, yeah. Carmen Miranda yes. Uh, yes. one. But they are just crazier, like one is crazier than the next. The, the, the one that's on the cover of the really wild tea cozies kind of looks like, kind of like Santa's elf's like hat. So it's got, it's like a green kind of just pointy top hat with, with green pom-poms, little pom-poms all around the bottom and then one green pom-pom on the top. But like I say, one is just cuter than the next and I will definitely be making some more tea cozies as gifts in the future. You just have to, yes. Very whimsical and fun. And I have a really fun one now, too, and I've talked about this one before. 60 Quick Knitted Toys by editors of Sixth Spring Books came out in 2017. And I won't go into too much detail because I did talk about it in more depth. Uh, I think it was the episode about gift knitting. Right, right. Um, Yeah. But uh, very worthwhile. Obviously, 60 really great patterns. Um, I looked through the... uh, I mean, a lot of them are difficult. A lot of them are intermediate. A few that are between between beginner and intermediate. So I would say probably advanced beginner on. But of course, we're brave knitters. You know, we, we can try anything. We can make anything work. We can do it. Um, there is just, there are games. There are stuffed animals. There are stuffed dolls. All the way from a penguin bowling game to a Lego pillow to a tic-tac-toe to a castle that you can make, you know, uh, knit new pieces kind of, you know, to add on to the set and with little characters, an on-point ballerina doll, a VW piece van, just really, really uh, darling things and so much fun to look through and so much fun to think about knitting. And I've read through the, uh, the instructions. I think that they seem pretty clear. Okay. So, yeah, very good. And my third in the fun category is another one. It's Arnie, Arna and Carlos and Knitted Dolls with a Designer Wardrobe. Oh. And. Yes, they have a bunch of dolls and they do make every single one of them yes. very different. And Love it. So, I, you know, I would, I would contrast this with the other My Knitted right. Doll book in saying that these are, these are a lot more avant-garde. Okay. And, and maybe more appropriate in some cases for people other than children, although you okay. can obviously, you know, make these for children, but, but they just have some, like, there's like a punk um, oh, right. character with, you know, like a, an earring in the nose and, you know, just, just <laughs> yeah. fun kind of wacky stuff. And nice. on the cover is, 
the you know basically dolls of the two of them so cute yeah. which are just adorable i i really yeah. bought this book because i i think on oh i forget which episode i think the color work episode i talked about wanting to knit um sven and solovig which are these little gnomes by um susan b anderson oh, and then they have sweaters but i thought I was curious as to some of the sweater, the, like the Fair Isle sweater designs in this book, I might substitute for for, um, for what's in that Sven or Svolvig pattern. But, but I just think these are fun. And once again, you know, as maybe additional um, clothes for some of the, right. the knitted dolls or knitted bunnies. I, it's funny, you talk about the bunnies, but just this morning I got uh, an email from one of the moms of one of the bunnies I made two years ago. And, you know, her little girl at the time was, you know, just a baby when I made her bunny. And now Mia is um, two, two and a half. And she sent me a picture of Mia holding her bunny saying, um, Mia now sleeps with her bunny every night. (laughs) Oh, that is so sweet. (laughs) So that was fun. That's wonderful. Okay. Um, I think, are we... Down to raves? We're down to raves, yes. All right. Well, when we were talking about raves, uh, Linda said to me, maybe the rave should be like the one book that you would, you know, if you had to be stuck on a deserted <laughs> island for, you know, for a very long time during a pandemic, yes. um, what, what would be the one book that you yeah, would want? If you're stuck in your house during the pandemic yeah. and you can't get any yeah. other books, what do you want? There you go. Yes, and I think that if I had all of the yarn and all of the materials that I needed that I would want to have with me, Seven Things That Make or Break a Sweater by Margaret E. Fisher uh, from 2008. And Margaret Fisher, she's a master knitter, and she was later on the committee that reviews submissions. So, you know, that's Linda is, is working on that program, and so she has to send in her submissions. So Margaret would have been someone that would have, you know, been looking at knitting from those um, master knitters. And she, this book is based on a class that she taught on this, based on the same name, Seven Things That Can Make or Break a Sweater. And I just love how methodical she is. She also has a seven steps baby cardigan. And so every part, the seven parts, which I will not divulge because, I mean, you should need to buy the book. (laughs) But um, yeah, so you read the chapter of that part and then you go to the baby cardi and you make just that part that you just read about. And, you know, and then you go on to part two, read about that. Then you go to the baby Cardi pattern and you knit that part of it. And I just love that. I love that idea. And then beyond that, there are six more sweaters that she designed and has patterns for in here that you can use these same exact methods, everything that you've learned for the rest of the sweaters. And I do. I think that the, the rest of the sweaters are really cute. And um, I think that if I was on a deserted island and I was knitting sweaters for everybody, <laughs> that I would not be voted off the island. They'd be thrilled with me. Okay. Would be. So, yeah, I, I really like this book. It spoke to me. Great. How about you? What would you rave about? My rave is a little book called The Knitter's Book of Finishing Techniques by Nancy, Nancy with an I-E, M. Okay. Wiseman. And this is another book that I did a review of for the Master Knitting Program. And I I was a little, the the, the title of the book is The Knitter's Book of Finishing Techniques. 
So I have to say, as a finishing technique book, you know, I, I'd give it a, a B, maybe a B minus. Mm -hmm. But as an overall great handy little book to have, I'd have to give it an A plus because it's a book of finishing techniques, but I, I, I just think that that book is a little misleading because it also includes some really good information on casting on, increasing and decreasing and binding off. Um, again, there's a, a kind of a nice introduction that makes you kind of feel very comfortable with the author. Mm -hmm. It is it is extremely well organized, you know, and I love some good organization. But but every <laughs> yeah. chapter is color coded. So for example, Ooh. the chapter on binding off, all the illustrations and all the photographs, the yarn is red. Hmm. And then when you go, let's see, to the seeming chapter, all the photographs and all the illustrations in those, the yarn is purple. Ah, very nice. So I just think that's kind of cool. And in, right. and so for, and in each technique that she gives, well, first of all, the, the instructions I think are very, very good. And then for each technique, she gives benefits and drawbacks, which I okay. think is also very handy. We, you know, particularly for a new knitter who's trying to decide, you know, which which method of which technique to use and you know she really kind of helps you figure that out with it what what is most important um i'm trying to think what else <clears throat> and she has a very conversational tone which is one of the things i really like that that i was as i was reading this book i almost felt like she was sitting next to me going yeah linda <laughs> you can do it you know and that's awesome um, yeah it's kind of funny because i initially this is a book that i initially got from the library I wasn't sure I wanted to buy it and I and I came home and I and I don't normally do this but for some reason I sat down and I read the introduction and and then I just started so there's an introduction and then there's like a page called Nancy's finishing secrets and I thought oh well that was pretty handy and then the next yes. then I just kept reading and the next chapter was cast-ons and well you know I already know how to cast on so it's funny to me that there was something very engaging about the book that I literally sat there for I think over like an, like an hour and a half like reading oh. through almost this whole book so there's something very engaging about it now the, Sounds like the it. bad news is the book was published in 2020 or 2002 it is out of print and you can currently get it I think you could still get it new for some reason for forty dollars hmm. but once again, I got a used copy a while ago, and then when I checked yesterday on Amazon, there were used copies available for eight dollars. So, nice. and like I say, initially I had gotten a copy from the um, library initially that had like a regular binding. The 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 used copy that I bought several months ago has a spiral binding, um, and most of the ones I see now list as having a spiral binding, which is also when you're you know, talking about a reference book is very handy to have. So, yeah, if, if, if I was on that island with you, and <laughs> I would have this book with me because it's, you know, yeah. it's not very big, and it's got the nice spiral binding, and it probably tells me all the basics of knitting that I really need to know. Awesome. Good. I like it. 
All right. Now we're down to misbehaves. Misbehaves. <laughs> and I kind of copped out on this one. I just I just feel like my my general misbehave for knitting books is that I don't learn uh, through reading a description and looking at a static picture. I you know I do best learning from YouTube, and so I have not yet found a book that I can look at their instruction look at their little illustration or look at their photo and really figure out how to do it. I would still need to look at YouTube. So I guess that that's my issue. And I think it could just be my brain. Yeah. I don't um, think it's your brain. I think it's, I think it's, I think you've, you've already decided that. Probably. So I think in some cases you may not be giving the, the, um, the book a chance. I think part of it may be the particular books that you have that, you know, like as we've kind of said, you know, some kind of make sense when we look at them, some don't. I have really found that there's a really wide range of that as I've gone through. And so I would recommend that you, you know, ch maybe challenge yourself and, and just look at um, a few other books and, and try to do that. So, yeah, I was thinking about this and I think one of the things is that when you're looking at YouTube, and we're not saying, and I'm not saying, you know, oh, only use books and never look at YouTube. I just right. think that they both have a place. And I think when it comes to instructions, a lot of times, when we look at YouTube, YouTube is very helpful to kind of look at the mechanics of what, mm -hmm. what our hands need to be doing. And I think the, what books tell us a lot of times is a little bit more comprehensive in that the, the, the books will kind of show what the yarn is doing. And I think that can be really interesting. And I think in, in YouTube, once again, you kind of know what you want to do and you go there to, to see it. And I think with a book, a book lets you, lets you learn, lets, lets you find out what you don't already know, lets you explore a little bit more. Like, oh, I didn't know there were like 15 ways to do an increase, you know, or whatever. So I just think that, that, that they're both really useful tools and yeah, that, and I have come to really, I think I've come to appreciate books more during this master process because it's kind of forced me to, to really delve into a lot of books and to use them as resources and to just dig a little deeper. So um, okay. give book a ch books a chance, and Books a chance, oh no, okay. Um, so my misbehave, okay, so after I said all that, my misbehave is actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna diss a little bit the, the what I call the Knitting Bible, the, the mm -hmm. Principles of Knitting by June Hammonds Hyatt that I, I really I really like and appreciate that book, and I am happy to have it in my library. But but Anne, if you were stranded on a desert island, <laughs> and you only had that book, I'd be naked. There'd be no you sweaters. would be naked. <laughs> you would you would burn that book because you would become so For frustrated work. with it. Okay. Yeah. I, I think good to know. there is really good, and I I love. I love the fruity knitting, and we, we put a link on this oh, episodes ago about 
there's oh, a yeah. there's a fruity knitting interview with June about how she came to write this book, and I do think right. this book is really the Bible on mm-hmm. knitting, but it is often very cumbersome to find what you need, and then it is another book that when it comes to actually like like doing the steps. Now, it, it's, I think it's very helpful in kind of understanding some more complicated aspects of knitting and how things relate to each other and all that kind of stuff. But when you, if you just want to know how to do a yarn over, this book is not going to help you. So, okay. so yeah, so I would, you know, I just have to kind of say I, I'm, I'm sometimes disappointed when I go to that book looking for something and it's either impossible to find to me, the organization is just a little odd, okay. and maybe that's part of the problem. But could be, yeah. So very well. Mm-hmm. That's it. All right. Anything saving get... you? <laughs> saving me. Uh, yes, this is a book called "When Bad Things Happen to Good Knitters" because I don't know how great a knitter I am, but bad things often happen. So it is by Marion Edmonds and Oz Oza Moore. And they were two friends in New York who got together knitting and just have um, continued on. And what I like about it is it's just a real um, fun book. Um, Their personalities really come through. And in their foreword, their introduction, um, they kind of said for their their reason for their book is, our dream is for everyone on the island of Manhattan and beyond to experience the benefits of knitting, stress reduction, self-knowledge, the pleasure of creating something with your hands, the continuation of an age-old craft, and a short vacation from our everyday lives. Our worst fear is that when practitioners hit a snag, they become so aggravated that they give up on knitting altogether, and that's why we've written this book. And that's, I kind of like that it's coming at it from that angle, because oftentimes when I am frustrated, you know, I'm, I'm, I need a little bit of um, levity. I just, I need someone to make a little joke about it and go, yeah, we've been there before. This is, you're going to get through it. And, um, and I think that this is, is kind of what this book is for me. And um, they have everything from emergency prevention to the secret language of knitting patterns and um, just a lot of really great, uh, a lot of really great information in here. So I think that that, um, and they also have some cute patterns in this at the end. I think this is, uh, I found a scarf that it has, uh, it looks like ribbons coming off the scarf. Can you, can yeah, you? That's what it is, streamer scarf. Can you hold up the, the cover and let me see it? Okay, because it's really weird is that I, on that list that I sent you the other day, I have it listed as a book that I own, but oh. I, I can't find it anywhere in my library. And I'm, mm. I'm thinking that maybe I don't own it. I think maybe at one point I had it checked out from the library, like, like oh, you know, okay. years ago or a year or two ago or something. Because okay. that does not look familiar to me as something I have. And I'm like, why do I, why do I, what does my Excel spreadsheet say that I have it and I can't find it? And you can't find it. Okay. Well, I, I enjoyed it. It's fun to read and it just kind of makes me want to knit, I guess, at the end of the day. You know, when I get aggravated, frustrated. Cool. It, it doesn't, you know, it's not like if you, it sounds like if I went to that knitting Bible that I'd probably be like, that's it. I'm that's done. That's it. I'm done. You I'm know? never knitting again. Uh, yeah. yeah. But this, this one kind of makes me go, okay, just step away for a second <laughs> and everything's going to be all right. How about you? Right. What has saved so you? So my save is um, a, the book that really kind of brought me back to knitting that I was a you know pretty 
prolific knitter back in the 80s and early 90s. And then I just got distracted by, by other things in life. And I wasn't mm -hmm. knitting very much. You know, once, once in a great while I'd knit something. But about 10 years ago, I guess nine years ago now, um, according to this book was published in 2011. So I guess it was only eight or nine years ago. But I've told a story before about being in Midland, Texas and walking into this knit shop with my sister-in-law and seeing a kit for um, one of the for the sweater that's on the cover of this book called Knit Swirl by Sandra McIver. Hmm. And it just really spoke to me. And at the time, you know, financially, things were really tight for my family. And, I, you know, I just could not fathom spending $400 on yarn. For right. when I particularly when I wasn't really knitting at the time, right, and yeah. my my very dear sister-in-law um, went back to the store without me and bought that kit and brought it to me the next day before we were leaving How town. Sweet. And oh so and unfortunately, it sat in my closet for six years mm -hmm. because once again I wasn't knitting and it was you know very expensive yarn and I knew I couldn't just jump into this project because this is these are the sweaters that they are the the whole book it's a beautiful book the the, the it, it includes four different I guess there's 16 or actually 18 total sweaters and they're based on four basic shapes the centered circle the off-centered circle the centered oval and the off-centered oval. But they all kind of use the same kind of principles. And then with, within each of those categories, there's like four to six specific patterns. Um, but they are all knit in the round from the outside in. So this is the one where you had to cast on like 800 stitches. Oh, wow. And, yeah. you know, because you're making like a big circle. And then as you get in, you get into a point where you have to... Um, cast on and, and do something to do arms. But you end up with this very interesting design and, and architecture of a sweater that is seamless other than like one big seam that goes from cuff to cuff um, and kind of, mm -hmm. kind of goes across the back. Um, but anyway, very cool pattern it, I, I'm, I'm, or patterns. I'm, I'm grateful to this book to essentially getting me back to knitting. And I was, I was, once again, preparing yesterday, I, you know, got this book out and I looked at it and it has a foreword by Cat Bordy. Oh my God. And I thought, oh. Think of that. I know. It's like, oh. Um, this podcast has come full circle. Yes. And I'm still just, I'm still just blown away by the kindness of your sister-in-law to do that. I mean, that was kind of an expensive gift for her go, to go back and right, do that for Right, right. Yeah. No, yeah, it's very sweet. Very sweet. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, um, we're up to Crave, and I had a different one here, but I just, when you were talking earlier about um, color work, it was a book on color work and how to put colors together, it reminded me of one that I've seen not only on Fruity Knitting, but elsewhere. I think it's called Knit Sonic, and it deals with color, and I... I, I just noticed that she has one coming out where there's a coloring book that goes along with it. And it almost looks, I could oh. be completely wrong, but I just was kind of looking at it. Yeah. Like you can tr try the colors you oh, know, cool. and color in the patterns to see what it would look like. And I just, I was reminded of that by what you were saying. So I think that that would be really cool. And I know a lot of knitters love to color as well. So, um, 
put that one out there. But also, I did run across a book called Stitch and Bitch. Oh yeah, by by Debbie Stoller. I uh, just everything I read about it, it sounds like she is just really funny. She's a Yale graduate, awfully intelligent, and um, she it's just a knitter's handbook that just makes it a lot of fun, easy to follow. Essential guide. She calls it the essential guide for chicks with sticks, cause knit happens. <laughs> I, I have heard of that book before, and I have not purchased it, but I'm I'm very curious about it too. Yeah, I am too. So, right. how about you? What are you? All right, I have two craves. The first one, I'm not really craving this book, but I want what's in the book, if that makes any sense. It's a book sure. called, I don't know if it's Die Stitch or D Stitch. It's D I S T I T C H by, and I've okay. talked about this before. I I think when Pat and I did the episode on color knitting we talked I mentioned this briefly and it's by Asia A-S-S-I-A Brill and it's a new knitting concept the the book is $45 so that is the reason I have not bought it what I really want is there are some coasters some double knitted coasters that have this very cool edge that I guess is this die stitch and so I saw that pattern on Ravelry, but you can't just buy the pattern. You have to buy this book. Um, and I have searched everywhere thinking, well, there's got to be some hack yeah. somewhere. Somebody's got a YouTube video. Somebody's going to show me just yeah. what little, little thing I need yeah. to do this one stitch that I just want to do these edge stitches <laughs> on these coasters. And yeah. apparently it is a well-held secret. And Asia Brill hmm. is, is keeping this die stitch close to the cup. <laughs> The, the the dye stuff it does look very cool. Like the there's like okay. there's like a little promo video of yeah. her kind of you know getting you enticing you to buy the book. It, it does look very it, cool. It may be worth. You must have to sign a contract when you buy the book. I know. It, no, it, I will it, not. It may be, it may be worth the forty five dollars. At some point, I'm going to break sure. down and buy the forty five dollars just so I can knit these coasters. But um, so that that's that's kind of my crave. But my real crave. Is much more reasonably priced at twenty three dollars. <laughs> it is a right. book by make called Making a Life by Melanie Falick. It was published in October two thousand nineteen. Kind of oddly enough, that the um, MDK people talked about this book on their um, in their one of their daily letters um, earlier this week, and I'm like, oh, they're copying me. I was going to talk about that. Um, Melanie Falick <laughs> is the editor of Interweave magazine. And okay. this book, the, the subtitle is Working by Hand and Discovering the Life You Are Meant to Live. And it is filled with stories of weavers and potters and welvers and quilters and other you know, hand crafters and how the craft contributes to their good life. Oh, yeah. And I am just curious about it because as somebody who you know, I spent a long career doing financial analysis, and so I'm, you know, very kind of left brain. But I've always, always, even as a kid, I was always like, you know, redecorating my room, and I've always had this creative thing going on that, that kind of like it's like a like a need, like I like I have mm-hmm. to knit or I have to make scrapbooks or I have to, I have to do something. Um, to kind of fill that need, so I'm just I'm just very curious about that book and yeah. and why these all these artists you know talk about right. how it's essential to their life. That's so neat. That sounds a very good book. Well, we did it. Ooh, we did it. It's been a long longest one. episode ever. That's okay. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. Well, 
everyone, go out and get yourself some books and read. And until next time, be, be brave. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information, check out Brave Knitting at Facebook or Ravelry Group. You can also find us on Instagram at B-E-E Brave Knitting and email us at B-E-E Brave Knitting at gmail.com. Thanks.